This podcast is an examination of the historical research of William Branham and his message cult following. William Branham was a minister in the gambling town of Jeffersonville, Indiana, just across the river from Louisville, Kentucky, as early as 1933. He came in contact with the Reverend Roy E. Davis, an official spokesperson for the 1915 Ku Klux Klan, and later Imperial Grand Dragon of the Ku Klux Klan. Davis introduced Branham to the Pentecostal faith and the art of faith healing, which would later be introduced into Branham's stage persona as he took his place among the evangelists in the post-World War II healing revival. Branham is credited by some as being a catalyst for the Latter Rain Movement and Jim Jones of People's Temple. This podcast is not sympathetic to the views of the Ku Klux Klan that William Branham held, but it is disturbing and warrants research. This podcast is an examination of that research. You can find more about this research and other topics on the website william-branham.org. Join us as we turn back the pages of time and examine the controversial issues of William Branham and his message. William Marion Branham mentioned the word mystery over 400 times in his recorded sermons. Branham taught that his people, his followers, had something that the rest of the world did not have, special insight to hidden mysteries. In 1962, he says this, May I say this with reverence and not referring to myself, but referring to the angel of God. The serpent seed, that's been a hidden mystery all through the years. This grace straightened out, not disgrace, but real true grace. Nothing such as an eternal burning hell. You'll burn for millions of years, but anything that was eternal never had a beginning or an end, and hell was created. All of these mysteries, the mystery of the baptism of the Holy Ghost without sensation, but the person of Christ performing in you the same works that he did. The mystery of water baptism, where the extreme Trinitarianism has brought it into titles of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, and the mystery of the Godhead being fulfilled in the baptism of the name of Jesus Christ. According to the book of Revelations, the church in this time was to receive. There is some of the mysteries. The pillar of fire returning back, amen. That's the thing that's supposed to take place, and we see it. Oh, how I could go on naming the mysteries. Looking back, it's plain to see that many of these things have absolutely nothing to do with our salvation. Why would I even care if hell was not eternal? That's not the direction that I'm focusing on. And why would any teacher warning others of hell care to even teach that. It's like giving a small child a slap on the wrist for climbing the alligator fence. You're not going to tell your child, now Junior, don't do that or you won't get a cookie when you get home. You're going to tell him, stop it now, you could die. There's a great mystery in the Bible. Branham is correct, there is a mystery, one that the prophets of the Old Testament could only see in symbol. According to Paul, this mystery was fulfilled in Christ. 
But Branham taught that we must know something greater than Christ, something that is not taught in churches that did not follow his own teachings. He often spoke about it. An example is in the 1956 sermon, Revelation, Book of Symbols. He says, In the world groaning, waiting today, people don't know the mystery of God. Why? They've not been taught the mystery of God. The only thing they've been taught, join your church, put your name in a book, be a good fellow, treat your neighbor right. That's all right, but they must know the mystery of God. No man can reveal it to you but the one that had the book. And the Bible said, no man can call Jesus the Christ only by the Holy Ghost. This grand old Holy Ghost church is going to come out of these days and shine like you've never seen. Now in that same sermon, <clears throat> he claimed that we must know the mysteries. Branham taught that understanding the mysteries, his understanding was greater than any man before him. And he taught that these mysteries are required for what he called rapturing faith. In 1964, he says this, That's the reason that all of these great mysteries could not be given to Luther, could not be given to Wesley, could not be given to the age that just passed by us, the Pentecostal age. Why? It wasn't time. They were begotten. Now the person of Christ himself, the Son of Man, you understand, he says, in parentheses, revealing himself in human flesh. Let me repeat that. This is a man speaking to you. He says, now the person of Christ himself, the Son of Man, you understand, revealing himself in human flesh, it could not have come until now. He essentially just called himself the Christ. Yet, this is another false teaching that Irenaeus spoke harshly against. This is a Gnostic teaching, one that will lead good people astray. In his book Against Heresies, Irenaeus says this. <clears throat> he asked, now what follows from all of this? No light tragedy comes out of it. As the fancy of every man among them pompously explains, each in one way and another in another, from what kind of passion and what kind of element being derived its origin. They have good reason, as it seems to me, why they should not feel inclined to teach these things in all public, but only to such as are able to pay a high price for acquaintance, such as profound mysteries. For these doctrines are not at all similar to those which our Lord said, Freely ye have received freely give. They are on the contrary, abstruse and portentous and profound mysteries to be got only with great labor by such as are in love with falsehood. Let me repeat that. They are on the contrary, these profound mysteries to be only got with great labor by such as are in love with falsehood. This reminds us of what Paul told the Corinthians as they fell into the very same trap from false teachers. <clears throat> Paul taught them not to teach mysteries. They should teach Christ and Christ's unmerited favor. 1 Corinthians 4 says this, This is how one should regard us as servants of Christ and stewards 
of the mysteries of God. Moreover, it is required of stewards that they be found faithful. But with me it is a very small thing that I should be judged by you or in human court. In fact, I do not even judge myself. For I am not aware of anything against myself, but I am not thereby acquitted. It is the Lord who judges me. Therefore, do not pronounce judgment before time, before the Lord comes, who will bring into the light things now hidden in darkness and will disclose the purposes of the heart. This is a mystery, but in this case, he's speaking of those that are hiding things in their hearts. Then each one will receive his condemnation from God. Now, if we snip this paragraph out of context, it does seem like Paul is speaking about mysteries that we should know and spread. But if you read the entire chapter in context, we realize that the second part of this paragraph is really speaking towards spreading grace instead of mystery. And you'll quickly find that Paul is speaking of the mystery that is Christ fulfilled. He says, <clears throat> I have applied all things to myself. He left nothing hidden. I have applied all these things to myself and Apollos for your benefit. Brothers, that you may learn by us not to go beyond what is written, that none of you be puffed up in favor against each other. For who sees anything different in you? What do you have that you did not receive? And then if you received it, why do you boast as if the, you did not receive it? In the second paragraph, Paul openly condemns William Branham and those like him who are teaching mysteries that are beyond what is written. Why? They would become puffed up. They would boast as to their special insight, when instead they should be boasting of what Christ did for them on the cross. Paul says, Already you have all that you want. Already you have become rich. Without us you have become like kings. And I would that you did reign, so that we might share the rule with you. For I think that God has exhibited us, apostles, as, le as last of all, like men sentenced to death, because we have became a spectacle to the world, to angels and to men. We are fools for Christ's sake, but you are wise in Christ. We are weak, but you are strong. You are held in honor, but we in disrepute. To the present hour we hunger and thirst, and we are poorly dressed and buffeted and homeless. We labor working with our own hands. When reviled, we bless. When persecuted, we endure. When slandered, we entreat. We have become and are still like the scum of the world, the refuse of all things. Paul sounds very angry with the Corinthians, and probably because he is. He taught them the simple gospel of Jesus Christ. The simple teaching that all could be saved by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. There is nothing beyond that that's worth teaching. There's no special mystery that we must know. And at the end, he explains why he sends them a letter of correction. He says, I do not write these things to make you ashamed, but to admonish you as my beloved children. 
For though you have became countless guides in Christ, you do not have any fathers. For I became your father in Christ Jesus through the gospel. I urge you then to be imitators of me. That's why I sent you Timothy, my beloved and faithful child in the Lord, to remind you of my ways in Christ as I teach them everywhere in every church, not just some little bride. Some are arrogant, as though I were not coming to you, but I will come to you soon, if the Lord wills, and I will find out the talk of these arrogant people. I will find out about their power. For the kingdom of God does not consist in talk, but in power. What do you wish? Shall I come to you with a rod, or shall I come to you with love and spirit of gentleness. As Christians, we should ask ourselves, were we spreading teachings of just simple talk? Are we spreading the gospel, the power in the cross? Did we teach some crazy mysteries, or did we tell others that Jesus Christ died for all? Did we teach that the cross was not enough, that we must know some special mystery? Did we really hide the gospel of Jesus Christ from others by our mysteries? I'll let you decide.